0: Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Bryant. I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Hello. Today we're gonna be sharing some stories about food and what it really means to people like you and me. This is the Weekly Slice. So I know personally, food has had a pretty big impact on my life growing up. Uh, Alex, would you really say that you have a memorable food experience growing up? Anything specific?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that I have a singular food moment, I guess you would call it. Um, I mean, you know, I grew up in in a family of, you know, cooks. Like, my dad is okay. a cook. Um, so, I mean, it's just kind of been something that's always... Um, I guess on the forefront, you know, it's it's something that's always in in focus. It's been a big part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I don't think there's particularly a a single food or, you know, dish that's really, you know, inspired me in any way. Yeah. Um it's it's just cooking, you know, and food has just kind of always been ingrained into the lifestyle. Yeah. Um and you know, obviously, you know, everybody, you know, everybody food's ingrained in everybody's lifestyle. You you know, (laughs) we all eat. But I mean like, um, to the point where you know, it's kind of shaped, you know, your outlook on certain certain aspects of life. I yeah, think it's I think. not just nutrients, it's culture. Yeah, um, exactly. But you know, you you mentioned that there's a, is there a specific food moment for you? I think uh food
0: obviously there's just like the daily meals and stuff like that, but there was always times where there were uh specific meals like birthdays, holidays, that there was always a specific tradition in my family. One of the things that my family's been doing since my grandparents uh they moved to germany when my grandmother was 17 and they they got married and when my grandfather was in the air force he deployed and uh they've been having the same uh christmas dinner they call it Nobel shrimp bake it's a shrimp and rice dish and then they have a steak with it uh when they were oh real poor back in the day oh. uh they couldn't afford many shrimp so they said they just took a couple of them just kind of ran it through the through the rice to see. And this was in Germany? Yeah, to try to get some of the flavor in there. But it's become a tradition and my family eats it every every single year at Christmas. So food has been more of a traditional thing in my family. It always relates it to a time. Okay. So each different holiday to an event. Yeah, each yeah. holiday has its own very specific things. I know. Mm-hmm. My I have a pretty big family. We meet up every year for Thanksgiving and we have the same thing every year yeah it doesn't matter where we are we meet up in different places but we have the same meal basically every single year it's mm. just uh it's kind of like the the glue that binds us together
1: yeah it's think. it's a commonality it's yeah. something that you all i mean it's not just your common like thanksgiving it's not your common sweet potato pie pumpkin pie it's no we have like our own well, like we follow the main traditions. yeah but, like we have our own you set. have your own things
0: yeah. yeah um my mom's side of the family we all have a A joke saying we like to say our uh, family motto is it's always a good time to eat (laughs) because uh, (laughs) whenever there's a big family event there's always someone cooking something there's Mm -hmm. uh, maybe one of my great-uncles is smoking ribs or doing a brisket or something like that there's always something good to eat and everyone uh, really knows how to cook they just really put passion into it I think that's been a pretty big thing
1: oh wow so could you could you talk about that that one dish that you you used as an example uh, of your grandparents in Germany again what was it called Noel shrimp bake no, Noel shrimp. Noel
0: bake? shrimp bake. Yeah, it's a Christmas thing for them. So is it a like, rice based dish? It's rice, and I think there's some tomatoes in it. I could be wrong. I've eaten uh-huh. it every year. I should know what's in it. But yeah. I, I just know it is <laughs> Noel shrimp bake.
1: I, ne- I never ask these kind of questions. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing that that really sticks out to you is it's not so much the food itself, but rather the experiences around the food it's my family with the food yeah it's your family yeah it's it's how you feel with your family when you are having the food right exactly yeah yeah that's that
0: nice Alex I know you have a pretty diverse family history Uh, Mm -hmm. how does food and different cultural or cultural like influences really affect the way your
1: family partakes in you know it's it's, it's it's um it's interesting because uh you know one of the reasons why I wouldn't say that there's like a specific moment for me um you know for food food culture and whatnot is just because um, you know growing up you know my dad's from Malaysia and my mom's from Vietnam right, so there's a lot of diversity in the cuisine that we had growing up, right yeah, so I think to me uh you know and, and especially growing up in. The United States, where, you know, in elementary school or you know any public school, where you'd go and have, you know, school lunch, yeah, which is you know your classic American school lunch, and then you you know I'd go home and have these home different. meals, these yeah. family meals. Um, you know, something was always different, and so I think that's one of the reasons why there's no like specific food moment for me. Okay, it's just because. I was always exposed to just something new. There's always something else going on. Yeah, okay. and some, there was always a new experience. I'm mm. um, growing up, um, but uh, yeah, it, it's been really, really interesting growing up. I think, um, especially being in America with you know my parents from those backgrounds, they would cook traditional meals, mm-hmm. while at the same time sometimes you know there'd be some essence of American culture in their meals right okay so yeah. we'd have like um you know when they my dad would make stir fry right he would for for instance and this is really common in like in in a lot of hawaiian cuisine uh, he would throw spam really in there yeah huh. and i know that not many people eat spam today yeah um but you know that's not malaysian yeah um <laughs> i guess not <laughs> yeah or like you know when he would A lot of times for breakfast, uh, he would make like these breakfast sandwiches, Mm. but he would throw in like these, uh, this Chinese roast pork instead of like ham. So it would be like this roast pork and egg sandwich on like white bread. Interesting. But with this like Asian roast pork. That's a
0: really cool like
1: blend of culture. Yeah. And it was, it was really interesting and it was something that I always grew up with. So, uh, you know. Growing up, it was something that was, like, normal for me. Yeah. Um, And so when I would talk to my friends about, like, you know, what they would eat and stuff like that, uh, they would always just say, I mean, not just say, you know, uh, but they would they would always talk about all these meals that I would be like, so you've never experienced, you know, like this. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. So yeah. I, I thought that was pretty cool. I know you up. definitely.
0: Uh, we've been trying out a lot of different <laughs> places, some different cultures of food that maybe I wasn't experienced, to. Uh, you've definitely tried to get me out there. We've been trying a lot of different things, and it's been really interesting because it's just not yeah. something I grew up.
1: With. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's cool growing up in in, in the U.S. Obviously, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I I mean the, the cool thing is that it's a cool like a uh, cultural yeah. melting pot here. It's so you get a m- lot it's of exactly. It's it's like a salad bowl, right? Every you're gonna find something almost anywhere here, right? I mean, yeah. there's there you're gonna find Indian places, you're gonna find Thai places. You're going to find just really anything. Um,
0: America's a potluck, and we're really, really lucky to be able to experience that. All right, so uh, sliding right along here, we're going to talk about a local restaurant that we've uh, both been to at least once or twice. I know this is a place, uh, it is a chain technically, but I didn't really discover it until we started college over here. Um, So it's Mission Barbecue. It's described as a casual chain featuring barbecue and American sides plus memorabilia uh, honoring soldiers and first responders. Um, I love barbecue. I would say I love I, it with I a passion. I would agree with you. Yeah. I
1: enjoy barbecue. Barbecue,
0: it's a great American food, in my opinion. Um, we talked about a lot of international and different cultures of food, and I think uh, barbecue is probably one of the most American foods. It's really one of the pillars of freedom, I think. I, I, would, I would agree with you. Um, so this is a place I frequent a lot. Uh, it's pretty reasonably priced. I think the quality is really good. The people there have always treated me really well. Mm-hmm. I stopped in there today because uh, I was out running errands, just trying to grab some groceries. And I know they're a local business. I like supporting them. So I went and grabbed some pickup to go. And um, I just got my standard order. I usually get a chicken sandwich there. I'm a big chicken guy. Uh, I got what kind of chicken sandwich? Uh, it's a pulled uh, yeah, chicken sandwich. Okay. So, but I, I don't mind the brisket. I actually quite like the brisket, but that's that's a little rich for my blood. All, uh, on Absolutely, a week, on a weekly basis, that's it's, it's a, not an everyday. That's I a special that. occasion. That's mm-hmm. uh, if my mom and dad come to town, they're gonna, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a brisket to, <laughs> <laughs> to enjoy it with them. But um yeah, I usually just get some chicken and some. Uh, I get a side of cornbread. I think their cornbread's pretty good. So I've eaten the same thing numerous, numerous times, mm-hmm. and the people there are always so nice. They've given me free desserts on occasion if something went wrong. Today, they snuck some sauce into my bag that I'd never tried before. Mm Then I'm like, normally I've tried all the sauces there that I thought were available. and I was like, none of them really make the sandwich any better than it already is because it's really good. They snuck a sauce in there, totally changed it for me. I've never actually called a restaurant before and told them that I really enjoyed it, but I did that did today. You actually did Yeah, I did, did that it. today. And a guy actually picked it up, and when, he, when I told him that, he didn't say, oh, great, I'll tell him. He's like, yeah, that sauce is really good,
1: huh? He's like, you should
0: try it with this other stuff next time. It'll be even better. So that's a great place. I would really recommend trying it. Um, it's really interesting, mm-hmm. uh, especially um, from an international perspective. I went there with my f- international friend from Jamaica one time, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that they did this, but uh, every day at noon they uh the whole restaurant stops what they're doing, and they stand up and they do the Pledge of Allegiance Oh yeah, I that's think that's right. pretty interesting yeah, um I took my grandparents there and I'd already talked about them uh they're uh my grandfather served in the air force, he was career, he did retire, and uh when I took them there, my grandmother actually kind of teared up when uh that happened because she thought it reminded her. Of when they lived on base growing up, or mm-hmm. well, kind of growing up, uh, mm-hmm. with my, like, mom and my uncle, them growing up. Yeah. But um, of, like, when they'd go to the movie theater and they'd stand up and do the Pledge of Allegiance because they do that kind of thing on base. On base, so yeah. So it just gave us uh, some really positive memories. And, uh, yeah, they're awesome people, really good food.
1: Um, I would highly recommend it. So on a scale, would you say it's the best barbecue you've ever had? I wouldn't say that, no. No, you wouldn't say No, that. It's um, quite good, though. It's, it is quite good. I think okay. the only thing
0: holding them back is that they're still missing a couple couple good southern sides, in my okay. opinion. I'm a big fried okra guy. Mm. Uh, love me no fried, fried okra. okra. There? No fried okra. They're no missing, fried okra. They're missing a couple fried, fried sides. I think that would make them not significantly better, but I think mm-hmm. it would improve the experience. But... There's a reason why I eat there on a weekly basis. What are your go-to sides again? Um, usually, I don't even eat them there. The sandwich is usually so filling, I'm just kind of done. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes, I get the, the Maggie's mac and cheese. I believe that's what it's called. I got a banana pudding today. It's sitting in the fridge. I plan to eat it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can't go wrong. I try
1: their seasonal dessert. It uh-huh. changes every couple weeks normally, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, always, it's always pretty fire. So, you got the pulled chicken sandwich, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So, now, you know, one test of good barbecue. Mm-hmm. Is whether or not you can eat the sandwich or the meat yeah. without sauce. I think that's easy with their food. Could you? You can accomplish that. With I've this. always, I've, I've, most of the time, I've done it without sauce. Oh, until just recently, okay. today, basically. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. So let, let's hear about that special sauce that you got. What, what kind? What? What kind of sauce was it for? I believe
0: all? it was called Alabama white sauce. Oh, okay. So, it's obviously a pretty common mm-hmm. thing, a lot of them have it. Uh I it's not one of the sauces that normally sits on the table, so it's not the one that they try. Mhm. Yes, it's, I've been in there yeah, and I have not seen they've it. They've got Alabama six sauces white. that sit on the table. I usually go with something some of the sweeter sauces I like the Memphis Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, not a mustard sauce guy. I think that's a that's a controversial topic, but I just don't I don't agree with it. The Carolina mustard sauce is not for everybody. It's not. It's not That's for everybody. I think it uh, has its place, but it's just not. Doesn't have a place for me. It's like pineapple on pizza. I think yeah, it has a special occasion kind of deal, but not not all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's a sauce that I didn't know they had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a popular one, apparently. And um, if it's so popular, it? why don't why don't they have it on the table? I think it might be the kind of thing that uh, they have to refrigerate. that's the only thing i can think of so it's a uh, special request kind of thing it might be a kind of like under the table like can you kind of get the special sauce
1: god so now what would you say and i don't know how to word this without sounding pretentious okay what would you say is the flavor profile of this sauce i hate i hated saying that
0: Uh, (laughs) 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 um I don't know. It felt kinda like a chipotle type sauce, like almost like a chipotle barbecue or a chipotle ranch. Uh, uh-huh. that's obviously one of my favorite sauces. So Would you say it's like ranch based?
1: Uh, it's kinda of, it's Is mayo what it, based. It's mayo based. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's a little mayo based. It's got just Was enough, it like tangy? Uh, just salty? just a little spicy, maybe a little tangy. It's something it just somehow just brought a little bit more of the flavor out and gave it a little bit moisture more moisture to the chicken. Okay. Was it was it sweet at all? Not really. Okay. Maybe, like, slightly, but mm-hmm. if anything, I'd say it was more just, like, kind of tart almost. Okay, that's super interesting. I've never heard of an Alabama white sauce. Yeah, I looked that's it funny. up, and it's a thing, so uh, <laughs> I didn't know about it either. But, um, yeah, uh, it's a great place, great people. Highly recommend it. They even do catering. I think they bring out, like, an old military surplus vehicle that they uh-huh. retrofitted with yes, barbecue. I've seen it, yeah. Equipment on the side. That sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> it's love, like a transport truck. I would love for them to be able to come talk to... Uh, Do a catering event for me someday. Don't know what that's going to be. But uh, yeah, overall, I'd really recommend it. So Alex, we met about two years ago now on a study abroad trip to Germany. Is that about the right time frame? Yeah,
1: that sounds about right.
0: Yeah. So our first real experience uh, together was kind of just fumbling our way through German culture, trying to figure out how they live their everyday lives and kind of trying to see like what the just the daily life was like with food and shopping and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's, that's a pretty accurate description. Yeah. Yeah. Fumbling around. Fumbling was definitely (laughs) the way to go. Um, so yeah, what we really, our first experience together was really experiencing this new culture, um, through the lens of food. And I think that was a really impactful part of the trip for me. Uh, especially one of the things we did there was experience the German beer culture because Mm -hmm. uh, we were at a college and a lot of the college students, that's what they would do in their free time. Um, They would go and it wasn't really like it is here. It was more of just a casual type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times it would just be something that they do during the day, just like at lunch, they'd go to like a beer garden. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes there was one like college bar that uh, some of our our buddies took us to. Do you want to talk about that or any of the... Yeah, I I think it was
1: definitely... A different scene than here in the united states you know and that's to be expected i mean they're two different cultures but i think one thing that was pretty pretty interesting and you know kind of tells speaks to the difference is that you know on occasion sometimes when you go to a restaurant you'd have you could try you could order like a glass of water Mm -hmm. or sometimes you could order a glass of beer and that would be cheaper than water. Yeah.
0: That was a really, really weird time. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, another thing that was really different for the Americans on the trip is that, uh, they only have sparkling water. They don't really have still water anywhere. So actually Mm -hmm. it was really uncommon for people to drink water. I know a lot of places I go, just in america i i usually get water to drink um Mm -hmm. to that or sweet tea for me tap water
1: wasn't very big over there tap water they look they look at
0: you like you were strange if you were drinking tap water Mm -hmm. and even the bottled water they had was really carbonated and interesting so uh beer was pretty much the default drink of choice and uh i think that was really interesting because we got to spend some time with the local college kids and we kind of got to just experience their everyday life
1: through the lens of beer um yeah i would agree i would agree i think it was really i would say you know enlightening experience mm-hmm. for sure being able to live through that um and kind of just you know take it
0: uh daily yeah it was uh it's just a part of the culture i know we had a lot of the festivals that we went to we went to uh, my Boca, the may festival and we went mm-hmm. to the hamburg port festival and those were all events where it would be um, less common for you to not have a beer in your hand during those festivals. It was just mm-hmm. something everyone did. So if you were going to assimilate yourself into the culture and really try to experience it, you uh, were probably going to try some different beers throughout the trip. And uh, I know we tried a couple different things when we were in the different cities. Uh, did you have a favorite?
1: Um, Did I have a favorite? That's a great question. I would say... Yeah, I actually really liked um one of the one of the things that we did in Osnabrück, which is the one of the, yeah, the towns the town. we stayed at, was um we had kind of these this traditional German meal mm-hmm. at a local restaurant. And it from what my German buddy told me, that's pretty you know, it was pretty traditional. Mm-hmm. And you know when when you think german food right you think kind of meat potatoes yeah stereotypical german food but i mean it shouldn't sound surprising but you know it's a lot more than that yeah it's, yeah so it was a very diverse uh set of food really mm-hmm, yeah and you know because of the differences in climate and you know the differences in environment you're going to have different types of produce there too right oh yeah for sure obviously so um, one thing that was really interesting to me when we were over there that really, you know, stuck out to me was during the summer, they have a type of vegetable called, uh, white asparagus. Yeah. Yeah. I remember asparagus. Um, and they have that here in the United States, but it's, it was a lot bigger there in that region of Germany. Mm-hmm. It was um, in basically everything. Yeah. Especially because it was grown, you know, locally in that area, mm-hmm. which was really cool. And, the university cafeteria actually used those local you know that local produce in the meals that they served yeah so i i liked eating at the you know university cafeteria over there for the meals um yeah, just cuz you know there are a bunch it was uh, really affordable and uh, it, was it was varied
0: was a, it was, yeah, yeah the, there was a lot of options and mm-hmm. um i think it gave Gave us a better understanding of just what it was like to be a college student there because it was what they were eating all of the time we were Mm -hmm. spending time with our our friends at the university and they were taking us different places and we would just kind of eat the same things they were eating and uh, i think there was a lot of a lot of gateways to new to new food options and understanding the culture through through that lens
1: yeah i would definitely agree but i want to go back to that white asparagus please go back to that white (laughs) asparagus (laughs) all right so for for anyone who doesn't know, right, okay. white asparagus. Everybody here knows gr- green asparagus. It's the standard right? asparagus. We, we all know asparagus. That's it's just regular it's a classic you know. green asparagus. So white asparagus. Think think green asparagus. It's still got you know that kind of point. It looks like a spear still, right? It's classic spear asparagus. Except white asparagus is so much larger. It's like the the radius it's quite hefty of these stalks are. It's it's really unbelievable when i first saw it i was i was like that's asparagus there's no way but um and it's got like a really the taste is completely like it's totally different it's its own it's, its own animal really. it's a lot more mild it really if anything it reminded me of a mushroom really how it tasted yeah um and the way they prepared it at the cafeteria i had it at in was It was really amazing yeah so they put it in like this kind of like hollandaise sauce you just ate it straight up yeah so it was just asparagus they sauteed the asparagus and they put like this hollandaise sauce on it and you know I had a side of potatoes but (laughs) standard standard German but uh Uh, (laughs) um but yeah I I don't know that kind of just blew me away I don't know why that had such an impact on me. <laughs> hey
0: man, if, you, if you're going to take something away from Germany, it might as well be the asparagus. <laughs> it's, it was
1: the asparagus. And that's truly, I mean, I just, I just needed to let that off my chest. I'm okay. so glad you got to share, share your asparagus story with us. As
0: of this recording, uh, we are still a couple weeks into the global pandemic of the coronavirus. Um, that's led to a lot of people spending a lot more time inside and that's also led to a lot of people cooking and baking a lot more for the first time. I've known a lot of people to try and fail to bake some different things. Uh Alex, I know you bake a lot, um just a variety of things that I I dabble. You dabble, I would say so. Um what's a good beginner recipe that someone who's looking to start baking during the shutdown?
1: What what could they do easily? Well, I think that something that I've been seeing a lot mm. um and something, yeah, something that I've been seeing a lot lately because of, you know, the quarantine and self-isolation is an increase in the uh, amount of banana breads being made. I quite enjoy banana bread, so. I I enjoy banana bread as well. Um I mean, banana bread is something that I kind of, that was kind of the first thing that I ever learned to bake. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that anybody can make. But quite honestly, baking is a you know baking is not a science i mean it is a science but it's really not as difficult as you would think it's exact but it's pretty user-friendly yeah it it really is you kind of just mix the ingredients together and you end up with a finished product that's edible exactly it's not like cooking um, where you have to use your senses Mm -hmm. um, all the time and you know obviously there is you know there are going to be some recipes that are more difficult than others making bread for example that's a little harder okay i wouldn't start off with that as a beginner yeah all right that's kind of intermediate level stuff so start with the banana bread work your way up to what i would say banana bread cookies things like that but um Mm -hmm. banana bread yeah super user-friendly really easy low learning curve okay love it I'm talking. That sounds right for me. Okay, you're not you're not going 100 miles an hour with banana bread. I'm real slow. You're you're, the, you're you've slow got this down for me. You've got the training wheels on. Okay. Okay. I need like two sets of training wheels. That's where I'm at when it comes to baking. <laughs> so, I mean, banana bread. What what can I say about it? Right. What what are the ingredients? I mean, I can just kind of list them off for you. This is from memory. Okay. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Bananas, melted butter, sugar. Uh, you know, one egg beaten, one teaspoon of vanilla extract. Okay. Okay. A teaspoon of baking soda. Uh, you know, a pinch of salt and one and a half cups of flour. Your memory is impeccable. Uh, that's, that's what college does to yeah, you. Of course, of course. Okay. So, I mean, uh, one key thing that I would say is to make sure that you mix your dry ingredients together and your wet ingredients together separately. Okay. Okay. Um, that's something that's imperative. Gotcha. Because if you do not do that, if you kind of just throw toss everything together at the same time, you're going to end up with clumps. Yeah. And you're not going to end up with this homogenous mixture that's going to bake well. Okay. Okay. So you're going to have, you know, uncooked flour in the middle of your banana bread. You don't want that. Nobody not, likes not that. Not
0: good. Okay. So just walk us through the simple simple steps and how to get this done.
1: Okay. So yeah. I mean, I, I here. We'll we'll go through what, what, you know, some basic steps are. Again, sure. this is from memory. So yeah. that's, it's not 100% perfect. Of, of course. course. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, like I said, you would start off combining your wet ingredients. Grab a bowl. Okay. Right, first bowl. off, grab a bowl. Okay, I'm the talking bowl. not your cereal bowl. Okay. The big bowl. We're the a, popcorn, We're bowl. getting out a bowl with a nice base. Not the colander, like a like a <clears> solid bowl. A pretty 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 wide bowl. Pretty wide bowl. Got it. So in that bowl, you're gonna mix together uh, you know, bananas, uh sugar, butter, eggs, vanilla. Okay. How okay. many bananas is like prime? I would say two to three for this recipe. Does it matter? My bananas are a little brown now. Is that a problem? That is not a problem. Not a problem. You can always use brown bananas. Okay. Um, As long as there's no mold or anything on them. Of course. Yeah. As long as there's still, you know, you can still eat it. You can use it. Perfect. Um, So you can use brown bananas two to three. In fact, it's preferred that you use brown bananas because they are sweeter. You don't want to use just ripe bananas. No green bananas here. No green bananas. Even you know prime yellow bananas, you don't really want to use them. Those are for eating. This is a brown banana kind of territory. Absolutely. Okay. So mix together your banana, sugar, butter, egg, vanilla. Sugar. Yeah. A lot of people think it's a dry ingredient. It's a wet one. Okay. Okay. So mix it in with a wet ingredient. It dissolves. It does. I'm learning so much already. So in a separate bowl, you could mix together uh, baking soda, okay. salt, and flour. Gotcha. Okay. Once you've got everything. Kind of homogenized in their own little containers. The two sections kind of together. Yeah, you then mix them together. Just uh, wet into dry or dry into wet. Uh, it's preferred to do. I mean, there really is no no preference in this particular recipe. Okay, it really makes no difference. It's easier to do wet into dry. Gotcha. And there's a little there's a little hack that you can do right where you get your dry ingredients and you kind of make a little ring out of your dry ingredients in the bowl. Yeah. So you make like a little, a little hole in the middle. Okay. And then you pour the wet ingredients into that hole. And then from there you can kind of fold the dry ingredients into the wet ones. So it helps it mix just a little bit better. It, not only that, when you do that, it could prevent you from over mixing. Okay. okay. And what happens when you over mix is you end up with a more dense banana bread. No one wants that. No, you want a banana bread that's light, fluffy, Okay? easy to eat. Alright? So... Once maybe, it's all mixed together. Once it's all mixed together, you've got a nice batter going. Banana bread's misleading, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's called banana bread. It's really a banana cake. So we'll call it batter. Alright? Okay. It's not dough. Gotcha. Okay? Um, so, once you've kind of incorporated everything, everybody's gotten to know each other. Okay? okay. You want to stick it in the oven at 350 degrees Three hundred and fifty degrees, pretty standard temperature for 20 to 25 minutes okay okay how, now, do, you, how do you tell like what's the difference between a 20 I was just about to get minutes. into that Please. this is the part where you're going to have to use your discretion okay okay and this is where you build up that intuition okay your baking sense mm-hmm. okay so 20 to 25 minutes is a good guideline you're really not going to go wrong with that I hope not right but I mean you can look at the bread if it if there's no browning on the bread at all, if it hasn't risen, obviously it's not cooked. Okay. So once you've gotten a little bit of browning on the uh, the cake, mm-hmm. um, one trick that you could do, one test is you could get something pointy. You know, you could use a toothpick. Gotcha. A really common thing, toothpick. I like to use a uh, meat thermometer. Yeah just because it's the most convenient thing we've got line skewer here. you know whatever you got anything sharp and pointy that's not like huge like a fork or a knife exactly okay so use any of those things poke into the cake into the most dense parts right so in the, the, the thickest part okay gotcha. and from there um if your skewer comes out clean your cake's done gotcha Okay, if it doesn't come out clean, so if it comes out there's still a little bit of batter yeah. clinging to it, stick it back it's not done, it. stick it back in. Leave it for a minute, minute and a half, pull it back out and see what it is. Exactly. Easy enough. Yeah, so you know, it's, it's really just plug and chug, right? This is simple arithmetic, okay? This is... Don't bring math in, you're gonna we're not talking you. We're not talking calculus, all okay. right? We're talking 1 plus 1, 2 plus 2 pen dust, okay? It's right in my wheelhouse. All right, so I mean, let's stick to the fundamentals here, okay? I'm talking the jump shot. The bounce pass, the pick and roll. Okay, okay. now you've lost me. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, you really can't go wrong with this recipe. I, I personally like it a lot. I can't remember where I got it from, uh, but it's it's really foolproof and I, I think it works out a lot. I mean, I've done it. What is it? How many times? I can't remember we've how many times I've a made it now. Bunch of different ways. We've had bread. We've had muffins. and The muffins turned out
0: really well last time. They did. Yes. And I've never really gone, gone wrong with it, okay? Yeah, it's a
1: pretty simple one. I think that's a great introduction to baking for a lot of people. I, I think so too. And it's a really great fundamental recipe. It tests a lot of your skills. Um, I mean, there really aren't that many to test, but it does help build up kind of that intuition, that baking sense. just the mixing and the telling. A lot exactly. Of the basics. It's a good starter recipe. Mm-hmm. I, I would rate it, I would say,
0: five out of seven. Five out of seven? Okay. I think that's fair. Thank you, Alex.
1: All right. That's our show. Thank you for joining us. Make sure to rate, review, and follow us on Instagram at Pod, or send us an email with your thoughts to weeklyslicepod at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Take care.